Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. Hey, y'all. So I have been uh, watching some Netflix, okay? And my girlfriend and her husband told me about Chelsea Handler's new Netflix special, White Privilege. And I'm sure I'm butchering, I'm sure it's White Privilege with it, like a hashtag, what do you call it? Not hashtag. Y'all know what I'm talking about with a a line under it or something, my line. But, uh, Anyway, I watched it and I watched it. Number one, let me let me start by saying I am a Chelsea Handler fan. I've I've watched Chelsea Handler when she used to have her show on um is it E a long time well years ago. I watched that for years. I've seen her in concerts. She's funny to me. I like her dry humor. I like her real real stuff about her sex life. If you've never read a Chelsea Handler book, you definitely should especially when she talks about her crazy sex capades. She's pretty open and honest. So this is the reason why I was open-minded in watching her show about white privilege because I don't feel like Chelsea has malice. I think Chelsea is just now figuring out that life has been good for her. And and I don't knock, I don't knock any person for staying in their lane and kind of living in their bubble. I think that's what we all tend to do. I think some of us just have bubbles that are a little bit more um, difficult to live in because of our ethnicities and our backgrounds. And if you are not around anybody in your life who has trouble, all you do is see it as a news story. And on the news, all they show is the bad part and make it look like all people of color uh, have issues and are drug addicts and gangbangers, which is not true. That's just what the news says. There's a whole lot of good things going on out there, but you got to do your own homework. But that's why I think Chelsea started the show. And she'd been talking about this for a while. I'd watched her other Netflix series she had when she did the one hour talk show, which was like a nighttime format, which mm, wasn't really a sweet spot. It wasn't that good. I mean, it wasn't her best work. Not because it wasn't produced. It was highly produced. It just, you could tell she didn't want to do it. I mean, it was like oozing out of her that she really didn't want to do it. She was kind of over talk show but they probably gave her offer she couldn't refuse. So she's pivoting in her career and she's now doing more docu-series documentaries. So I think that's really cool. And I've enjoyed watching her. So when I saw this particular Netflix thing, I didn't know, I didn't go into it expecting anything. I just kind of was open-minded. I just thought, all right, let's see. So I get, and I want to know y'all's thoughts. So please, please tell me what you think about the show. If you haven't watched it, send it in my DM so we can share and we can talk about it. Um, some things I thought were good about it and some things I was like, girl, stop. Like, Chelsea, please. It's not enough. Like that, first of all, I hope there's more to come because it was clear to me that she got a long road ahead. (laughs) She's got a long road ahead of her because my husband, we even had a real conversation about it because his views were a little different about white privilege than mine are. Um, you know, I, I, and I think the topic or the, I think the name of it was what turns people off. White privilege makes people feel like you're saying because you were born white, which is something they cannot control any more than me being born black uh, or anybody being born Latino or Indian or whatever race. I'm gonna speak for black cause I'm black. I'm gonna speak for me cause I'm a mirror. Uh, but I get why you'd be offended by that. Cause it is kind of like not the best terminology, white privilege, but there are certain privileges. There's male privilege. There's uh, female privilege. 
Uh, I don't know what those privileges are, <laughs> but there are some. Uh, and so there's different ways to look at it. But I got, I like that she was starting the conversation. I like that she was open to going to Open Mic Night uh, by uh, people of color and letting them tell her they didn't know why she was there, or what she was going to do, you know, uh, what her doing this, bringing the cameras in, you know, because in actuality, people are going to see this special as her doing something for ratings. And I don't think it's that. I think she has an obligation to Netflix and she has to fulfill it. So she wants to use it, that time and what she has to fulfill to do something that resonates with her journey. You know, Chelsea Handler's a Jewish white woman who's had a lot of legs up uh, in her career. She'll t be the first to tell you. Um, and But she realized recently over the last couple of years that she would not have had the advantages she has had she been another race. And the part of the show, not to give it all away, but you got to watch it, that resonated with me is when she talks about her boyfriend she had when she was 16, year old, 16 years old. She ran away from home and she moved in with her black boyfriend and lived with him and his mama and he sold drugs and he went to jail and she didn't. And it's a lot more to the story, but it, that is true. And in that moment, I was shocked that she didn't realize that she didn't have privilege or didn't realize why she didn't go to jail and how much different her life could have been had she went to jail for one and had she made some different decisions when she was with him, you'll see what decisions I'm talking about when you see the show. And I wanted to talk about it because I realized the human thread was that we are all just one bad choice or one decision away from a whole nother experience in life. Like one, I say it all the time about people when folks like to judge people for being teen moms or going to prison. I'm like, man, you're telling me you couldn't have got pregnant. You, you couldn't have got pregnant in college, high school, whatever. You were having sex. If you were, then you maybe just didn't get caught. Maybe you were using birth control properly, but don't judge people because of that. It's like, just because their quote unquote sin is showing doesn't mean you're any better than them. You just made a different decision. And maybe you made the decision to exercise your right for pro-choice. That's your decision, no judgment. But let's come down off those high horses and thinking that we are better than a race, uh, gender, a person, because their decision is different or one choice they made at 14 or 17 changed their life and put them on a different trajectory than what your choice was. Right. You know, I, man. Whew. Okay. So that was my thoughts on white privilege uh, with Chelsea Hand. I want, I want y'all to see it. I just think that her life could have been totally different. And I think that she can continue to use her platform to educate the masses um, and the discrepancies and the disparity between cultures, because as a country, as a whole, as a world, there, there's a disparity, uh, discrepancy and despair uh, between different cultures, different countries. There are, there are other countries that forget talking about white privilege, black privilege, whatever. People don't have clean water. People can't eat. People have, you know, no plumbing and no electricity still in this day and age. And we are worried about a Netflix special. Y'all, come on. Healthcare is still expensive. There are people who still don't have access to the proper vaccinations to prevent uh, births at death, right? The proper prenatal care. There, there, there are things like that that we should be worried about, not 
worrying about who quote unquote is getting a job because they're black. Man, please give me a freaking break. Nobody's getting a job because they're black. You don't check a box to get tax break because you have a certain amount of black people who work for you or Latin Americans who work for you. Give me a break. Now, there are some government contracts that give you, that make sure that you include underutilized businesses, but it is a strenuous process to become a hub certified business, historically underutilized business. That's what hub stands for. I am one. I definitely took advantage of that. I'm a veteran. I'm black. I'm a woman. And I have several, those are the three things that I was born with. Well, the black skin and the womanhood, the veteran thing, that was my own choice to execute that. Uh, but those are three things that make me different that sometimes people discriminate against others for. And if the government is going to allow me the opportunity to broaden my horizons and increase my territory by partnering with other businesses who can teach me things on by getting government contracts um, and marketing and social media, then, then I'm going to do it. And I'm going to help other people and each one teach one. And that's what I do on the other leg of Brunch and Slay. Or, well, really, BAS Media, not Brunch and Slay. The company that owns Brunch and Slay is BAS Media. Uh, but that's, that's, I, I, that's why I'm hub certified. And I did that because I knew there was opportunities out there I didn't know nothing about. And I knew that, and it was not easy. It was a whole lot of paperwork and interviewing and all kind of stuff. But I encourage you, if you're not, and you have a business that offers a service, even speakers, you should look into doing it um, and you should get involved. Uh, but yeah, the, the privilege thing in the documentary, y'all, ooh, I want to know what you think. So that brings me to another topic I've been wanting to talk about for a while. And it's, how do I say this without sounding militant? Because this is to people of color. A few months back, a brand that I used to really like, Gucci, made a very poor decision. And they made a turtleneck that for some reason rolled up over your face. Still trying to figure that out because who wears a turtleneck like that? That was black with red lips which we all know is just offensive. And it's, it goes back to the coonery type things and the Aunt Jemima and the negative connotation that, you know, imagery that was made for black people um, back in the day. And when I saw that, I just shook my head and I thought, does Gucci not have anybody black, anybody of color that thought that was a bad idea who worked for them who would not speak up? And that's what I want to say about Chelsea. Chelsea Handler, if you listen to this, I have to ask you, who Black helped you with that documentary besides Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish? They didn't even help you. They were, I mean, they helped you. They spoke in it. But who on your team, when you're making these documentaries, is looking at it, who's not of color, who is not white? Who's, who's looking at it? If you're going to open and have a conversation, that's great. But you need some people around you who can tell you yay or nay. Because if not, it just continues to come off as you're trying to be the victim. Uh, or that people are trying not you. I don't think you're trying to be the victim, Chelsea. I think that if, and I think that just because I've followed your your brand, but I think that it's this thing that makes people feel better, the savior complex. You're going in and you're educating everybody and you want to put everybody black. It really should have just been white people talking about white privilege and you standing up and saying why they have it or why you feel they have it or why you feel they don't or having those conversations. I think that would have been more powerful. Now you sharing your journey uh, with your ex-boyfriend, I thought that was good. I thought that was really good. I thought that was powerful. And I really think that, that the documentary should have started with that. And it would have been more powerful. It could have feathered off and tethered off into the other folks you talked to. But it should have led with you and how you have experienced it. 
firsthand and how your life would have been different if you didn't. That would have been powerful. You probably would have got a couple of awards if you did that. That's just my perspective. Um, but to the Gucci thing, y'all, that bothers the hell out of me. And, and I'm mad. I'm mad about this particular thing because I'm trying to figure out why black people are still all of a sudden like really going hard for Gucci even more. Like they didn't see that. I don't care what foundation they opened up afterwards. I don't care what initiatives were implemented. I think they do need to, but I don't think y'all should have pivoted so quickly. I know that Dapper Dan had that line and all that stuff. I get that, but I also know he had enough power at this point that he could have went to Louis, Fendi, a whole lot of other brands, Prada, and said, hey, this is what I did for Gucci back in the day at my living room on the sewing machine. I can do the same thing for you. I will not be buying it. Y'all should resell it. That's my opinion. I just don't understand. And y'all, if I'm wrong, tell me. Tell me I misinterpreted. If you feel I'm being sensitive, tell me. Because I want to I wanna, I wanna know. This is what I want to know. How do we forgive brands after they misstep? Do we throw them in the trash as a culture? Did I miss the memo? Or do we give them a 60-day a you know, timeout and keep moving? I think this one makes me mad more because I feel like, why do y'all feel like you have to buy that? There are so many brands of people of color who make luxury design bags, luxury belts, luxury sunglasses, and you won't buy that shit, but you running in line to buy somebody's stuff who made a shirt that was black face with red lips and put it on a, a woman who was of colonial heritage and advertise it online and that's okay with you? What is going on, right? Like Papa John's, I don't eat Papa John's pizza anymore. You call me, you use N-word to describe my race, my people. I don't care if it was five years ago. That's something that you think is okay. No, I don't eat your pizza. I don't eat Chick-fil-A anymore either because of their views on uh, the LBGQT community. It is solidarity and I have shame on me because I didn't even know about them. And this is, this is what I'll say. If you don't know about it, I'll give you that. But once you know, you got to do something. You know, I was at work and I went in, they were like, Hey, we ordered pizza. And I said, well, okay. And I went in, I saw everybody pigging out on Papa John's and I had to say something because that's who I am. And I said, man, I was so hungry, but y'all, I'm sorry. I can't eat that. Why? I said, and then literally two or three people said, oh, because of the whole Papa John's thing, as they're biting on pizza. Yes, because of the whole Papa John thing. Oh, well, he doesn't work there anymore. Oh, but he still owns a big percentage of the company. He's still getting paid every slice of pizza you order. The militant in me cannot support that. The human in me cannot support that. The Amir in me and the person who's out here living her best life for her grand grandma and her ancestors cannot. I will not. I will not. I hope you will not. I hope you'll make a stand. Stand for something to fall for everything. And my little coins might not make a dent, but y'all, as a community, we have got to stick together for the people who are underserved. And we have got to stand up and say something when we see something that's not right. And your dollars count. Y'all are the ones, we're out here buying all these things from hair products. When you go to the beauty supply stores, when they disrespect you, if the ones that they do, not all of them, I do not shop there um, for the brands who are out here being frivolous and carefree and just putting kids in monkey sweaters and making them go ooh ooh in, in videos, I will not shop there. Stop. There are so many brands that you could support who are conscious, who are present, who realize the power they have, who value your dollars. Why? That's, why, that's like going to some man who says, I don't like you. I'm just going to call you at night because you're not cute enough or you're not good enough to be my woman, but you could be my chick on the side. I know there are some women who do that. 
So that's a whole nother story. But to me, if you continue to tell me you don't like me, why would I keep buying and giving you my money? That's just dumb. And I know this is a whole lot of opinion and I know some people are not gonna like this, but I just wanna know, I want to know, is there something I missed? Did I miss the memo? Did I miss the memo? Are we putting them in timeout for a certain amount of time and then we move on? Are we making them take a certain amount of sensitivity classes and then we give them a test at the end of six weeks and make sure that they pass? What are we doing? Let a girl know. Have a good night, y'all.